0: I came out the whole line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Going up above his head. They can't jump with me, die tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs> Alright, what's going on guys? It is Wednesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, For yesterday's podcast, I do apologize. I was having some technical difficulties with my laptop. So I wasn't able to get uh, the stuff done I needed to. uh, And get it fixed in time for the podcast. Uh, So for today's podcast, I will of course obviously break down... The last six games and the Monday night game that I did not get a chance to do for Sunday. And then I will move and go forward with talking about all of the trades that uh, went down yesterday. Obviously, the NFL trade deadline was at 4 p.m. Central time for me. I know 3 p.m. Eastern all that other stuff. So I will go ahead and talk about that. Of course, every move that happened, you know what went where, who went where, compensation, all that stuff, and then I'll give you guys kind of my opinion on how that affects people and their values for fantasy in redraft this year, and obviously dynasty going forward. And then, last but not least, actually, nope, never mind, I'm an idiot. Uh, that will be that'll be it for today's podcast. Tomorrow's podcast, I will do. My ranking stuff is I have uh, yet to have been able to finish that article. That won't be finished until later this afternoon. Uh, So I'll have my rankings, my top 10 guys at each position. I had a really good week last week actually. So I'll do my top 10 along with the Thursday night preview on Thursday. Post game show is brought to you by. Christ, I can't find it. To hell with it. To hell with it indeed. So. For the first game, we are jumping into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the Cincinnati Bengals 34-37. to For Tampa Bay here, Jameis Winston, as we talked about on Monday, uh, there was a really good chance, obviously, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be moving on from him altogether after his benching. Again, his contract uh, allows them to get out from underneath him without having to pay him one cent. Unless he gets injured and obviously he was benched after just a horrible performance against the Bengals. As he threw for 276 yards and one touchdown but four interceptions. All four of those interceptions coming in the first half where he was benched. Uh, Again did get you 12 fantasy points if you played him. So I guess technically came through for you as a middle tier quarterback unfortunately. Uh, But Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic himself, the the just you know for whatever reason this team seems to rally around him. He comes in, throws for 194 yards and two touchdowns, brings this team back into the game. Um, Just looked really good. Obviously, they lose on the late field goal, unfortunately. Uh, But here again, is going to be the starter moving forward. Peyton Barber for the running backs here had a really good game yet again as Ronald Jones got injured. Ronald Jones getting you just the .6 points um, on, you know, two carries for negative three yards, unfortunately. But the one catch for four gets you those .6 points. But Peyton Barber, 19 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown in the rushing game. Just, you know, again, really good. Uh, he's... You know, really proved me wrong. I honestly did not think that he was going to look this good this year. He has really shown up and then proved that he could be a decent RB2. I think that's what he's going to be moving forward. Get you 14 points again this week for fantasy. And this is the third week in a row that he's put up 80 yards. So, again, he, he is definitely a guy worth looking at. Uh, if you have him on your team, highly doubtful he's on your waiver wires. Uh, and speaking of waiver wires, I did for forget that uh, – that we had those run yesterday. I really do apologize about that guys. So I'll, I'll touch on some guys here uh, while I'm doing the rest of the game recaps and then anybody I can think of at the end of the podcast to give you guys some waiver wire pickups if your waivers don't run till later this afternoon like a lot of my leagues. So anyways, back to back to the game here. So yes, Barber, highly doubtful that he is on your waiver. I know he's owned fairly highly in ESPN leagues. I think when I was looking at the ownage percentages the other day, he's actually only owning about 45% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a Yahoo league, he's definitely worth looking at uh, if you can get him. Because again, I think he may be a low-end RB2, but he's going to be an RB2 the rest of the season. For the receivers here, obviously Mike Evans had himself a huge day. Um only had about 70 yards with with uh, Jameis Winston here, but came through for you altogether in fantasy as he got you six catches for 179 yards and a touchdown, getting you an awesome 26 points in fantasy. Just, again, he's, he's really come through with Ryan Fitzpatrick as well as his quarterback. Uh, they've really responded to him being their quarterback. He looked awesome. Deshaun Jackson comes through. With with Fitzpatrick as well, again, getting you 14 points in fantasy as he gets you three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. Does add four yards on one rush. But again, him he has just looked really good. He's looked like that explosive deep threat that he was in Philly um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. For whatever reason, he doesn't seem to have that connection with Jameis Winston, but he definitely has it with Fitzmagic. And then O.J. Howard gets a score here as well as he gets you four catches on 68 yards and a touchdown uh, for the other receivers. Adam Humphreys uh, really had a good game here, seven catches for 76 yards, getting you 11 points in fantasy. Chris Godwin got you six with uh, just really two catches on 32 yards and O.J. Howard getting you 14. So again, with Fitzmagic come in, I think what it says about this offense is that they can still be trusted. Um, I know a lot of people may be a little bit worried But Fitzmagic showed earlier in the season, I think he's going to continue to show that he can be, I mean, realistically, he was a top three quarterback, even with those bad games. Uh, I think that's exactly what he's going to do here yet again. Obviously, we know you're going to get the bad games out of him. You're going to get the games where he throws three interceptions and four interceptions and one touchdown, like Jameis Winston did in the first half of this game. Uh, But for the most part, you're going to get a lot of either good games or at least decent games for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's got the offense in the around him to produce so I would not be worried one bit about this offense and everything if you can get Fitzmagic obviously I would do that as I do think that he's going to be able to produce this is by far the best team he's ever had around him as well for Cincinnati side here Andy Dalton comes through for you getting you 20 points in fantasy had himself a good day again. A lot of quarterbacks have been having very good games against this, uh, this defense. He throws for 280 yards and two touchdowns. to Get you 10 yards in the rushing game. My guy, Joe Mixon, came through. I had him as a top four running back this week, and he certainly delivered. 21 carries for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Had in three catches for 15 yards, and that gets you 27 points in fantasy. This is exactly who we hoped Joe Mixon would be going into the season, especially what we saw out of him in the preseason. And it's awesome to see him really put up a game like this yet again. Again, against a very poor Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, but still points matter in fantasy and every game matters so that's all that really matters for him in the receiving game tyler Boyd does it again nine catches 138 yards with a touchdown getting you 24 points in fantasy again this dude has really come on uh, a lot of talk obviously about the third year wide receiver that is exactly what he is good for him Uh, again he has looked awesome in this offense opposite aj green i think um there's a lot of truth in that the the third year wide receiver breakouts this is his third year, and he's just really seemed to have engulfed himself into this offense and integrated i'm sorry, it's much better word than engulfed integrated himself in this offense and just looked awesome. I imagine if you picked him up off the waiver wise he's he's one of those guys who's going to be a league winner this year, he has looked extremely awesome i think that he's going to so just going forward i mean right now he's literally the number 1 on this offense he is outproducing aj green uh, has more fantasy points than him right now he's currently the wide receiver 14 in fantasy while AJ Green is the wide receiver 15 so I mean they they are right there neck and neck but still as good as Tyler Boyd has looked I mean it's been it's been awesome for him I'm I'm, I'm excited for the kid now, AJ Green comes through for you as well in fantasy with 16 points though getting you five receptions on 76 yards and a touchdown. I do think, obviously, both are viable going forward. There's no reason to panic if you're an A.J. Green owner. Uh, while, yes, Tyler Boyd, at least in my opinion, is the number one now for this offense, uh, A.J. Green is still an elite wide receiver, and I think that he's going to come through for you more weeks than not. Uh just, just a better chance, obviously, that Tyler Boyd blows up and goes through. Actually, Tyler Boyd had a chance to get two touch, had a chance at two touchdowns, but unfortunately got a got kind of screwed in one of them, and it got called back. For our next game here, we have the New York Jets losing to the Chicago Bears ten to twenty four. On the Jets side, Sam Darnold just one hundred and fifty three yards and one touchdown. Talked about it a couple weeks ago. I just don't think you can trust him in fantasy. Uh, again, he's he's actually had a very decent year for a rookie, at least in my opinion. But I do expect that these are the kind of games he's going to put forward more often than not. Get you 12 points in fantasy. He's just going to be a low-tier QB2 um, just because this offense has nothing around him, guys. I mean, absolutely nothing. Isaiah Crowell sucks. Belial Powell on the IR Trenton Cannon just a guy. Wide receivers are horrible here. So I just I don't expect him to do anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's really it guys, unfortunately. Just don't expect him to do anything. Again, I, I do expect him to get you those 12 points and everything. If you have to use him as a bye week fill and hope that he blows up that week, otherwise I would not trust him this year. I do think he has the tools and the making to be a great quarterback going forward though. For the running backs, nobody did absolutely nobody did anything here. It was actually a very pathetic game for both of these guys. Isaiah Crowell gets you four points in fantasy. Trenton Cannon gets you three. Isaiah Crowell twenty five carry uh, twenty five yards on thirteen carries, and Trenton Cannon ten yards on six carries. Isaiah Crowell added thirteen yards in the passing game. Trenton Cannon added twelve. Uh, The good thing for the Jets and another waiver wire pickup to look at, Elijah McGuire, if he's available in your guys' leagues, should be available to be activated by, I believe, it's next week. Uh, He's apparently already practicing and everything. Uh, He was the guy. That everybody tapped to be the the second guy behind Crowell in this offense, but I think he's good enough that he can take over this offense. He is available in a lot of leagues, guys. If and he's I would if you can get him, I would get him now. Don't wait until next week. If he gets activated, you know, on a Tuesday, and then everybody sees it and everybody's like, oh hey, you know what? I'll take a flyer on him. Do it now. Do it this week. So you're ahead of the game. Drop somebody you don't need if you've got a add of the bench guy. You know, for instance, for me, I picked him up in one of my main leagues this uh, yesterday, or I'm sorry, this morning. My waivers ran just now at about 5 o'clock. I'm recording this at, it's about 4.30 right now when I started. Uh, it's about 5 o'clock right now. Um, I ran, my waivers ran for one of my main leagues, uh, and I dropped Rashad Penny because Rashad Penny is just clearly the third back behind uh, Mike Davis and uh, Chris Carson. So I went ahead and dropped him to pick up Elijah McGuire, and now I have a chance to get a starting running back who not only is a good runner of the ball, but can catch the ball out of the backfield. So again, Elijah McGuire, if he's there, get him. For the Jets, their best wide receiver on the day was Deontay Burnett. And you may be asking yourself, who the hell is that? That's a good question, and I don't have an answer for you. He is a rookie. He got you eight points in fantasy with four catches on 61 yards, and that's was it. Uh, Jermaine Kirst gets you 30 yards on three catches, which gets you four points in fantasy. And, of course, technically, I guess the best receiving option on the Jets, Chris Herndon, tight end, gets you eight points in fantasy as he gets you just the one catch for 16 yards, but it is a touchdown. Chris Herndon is another guy to look at here. Um, Tight end is a very weak, weak position, and Sam Darnold just loves targeting this guy, again, I talked about him coming out, um, out of college here, uh, he is from Miami, the U, they used to actually call it, uh, tight end U, uh, because of how many great tight ends used to come out of there, uh, they did, obviously, David Njoku just a couple years ago came out of there, um, so Chris Herndon, he he just, for whatever reason, has a great connection with Sam Darnold. And again, his weakest tight end is, he's another guy I would look at, whether it's just for a bi-week fill-in or, or someone you need at the end of your bench. Uh, I would definitely look at Herndon. I really like him. Uh, he's just catching touchdowns now. But again, when you can get eight points out of your tight end, that's awesome because most times you're getting nothing out of tight ends. Again, David Njoku, who's been a top option almost all year, gets you zero points yesterday. So, Again, Chris Herndon, if he's available, grab him off your waiver wires as well, even if it's just for a bye-week fill-in. For the Bears, Palooza does it again. Get you 220 yards in the passing game with two touchdowns. Adds another 51 yards on the ground, guys. Mitch is now a top five option at quarterback in fantasy. And it is crazy to think, especially with as much as he struggled earlier in the season. Uh, But he is continually coming through for you. Get you, again, 20 plus points and get you 29 points. I think, again, if he's available, pick him up. He is good. Going to keep doing this every week. Mark Helfrich and Matt Nagy trust him to run this offense this way. Trust him with the quarterback sneaks and the running. Just he's he's gonna continue doing it all season long. I would definitely pick him up. For the running backs, Tariq Cohen continues to be a dominant force in this backfield. He gets you fifty-one yards on six carries in the rushing game and then comes through for you in the in the receiving game as well, adding on. Just one catch, but uh, he took it for 70 yards into the house. So, obviously, that is exactly what they believe Tariq Cohen can do almost every time he touches the ball because he is so good. Get you 17 points in fantasy. He's going to continue to do this as long as they rely on him in the receiving game, and I imagine they're going to as much as he came through. However, Jordan Howard was the one who led this backfield in snaps and everything. He comes through for you finally, getting you 14 points in fantasy with 51 yards on six rushes, and then he—oh, I'm sorry, that was all that he did. I don't. I apologize because that was what Mitch Trubisky's numbers because I don't know how to read, guys. Jordan Howard got you 22 carries and 81 yards and a touchdown. Again, he led this offense in carries, in snaps, over Tariq Cohen. And this might be a change back to Jordan Howard, which is very interesting to see with the Chicago offense because we just start off the season, that's what Jordan Howard was doing. He was out snapping outrushing out catching Tariq Cohen and everybody was like well what the hell we all thought Tariq Cohen was going to be the guy here uh, and then Jordan Howard shows that he could catch the ball and do everything with it and then all of a sudden after about three weeks here comes Tariq Cohen who has just been on uh, just a massive heater here uh, if you want to use the poker term. Uh, Throughout the next five games uh, and he's continued on it. Don't get me wrong. Tariq Cohen has not slowed down. He's had one bad game in all of those. Uh, But Jordan Howard had suffered from it and now again he's been pushed back into the primary role at least for this game. I do think that Jordan Howard is going to continue to get a lot of carries especially once we get into the colder months here. For Chicago, you know, when the field starts getting cold, it's snowing, I do think they're going to rely on Howard a little bit more because he is that big bruiser type. He is much better than people give him credit for. You know, he, he is just under the league average in rushing, at least this year right now. Uh did get three point seven three a 3.7 average in this game against the Jets, who do have a very good run defense, uh, but again, 81 yards and a touchdown on him. He is definitely someone I would trust moving forward. I do think that uh that he's going to be able to produce for you more often than not for the receivers. So Anthony Miller had himself the big day mostly due to the touchdown here. Uh get you 37 yards as well and get you 11 points in fantasy just three catches. That was really it. I mean, Taylor, Taylor Gabriel comes through in fantasy, somewhat getting you 7 points uh, as he gets you 52 yards on 4 catches. And then Josh Bellamy, 37 yards on 4 catches, get you 5.7 points. And that was really it for the Bears. Uh, again, you know, they, they've continued to look good, though. They're now 4-3, and three, um, have a very good schedule coming up, and it's going to be a very interesting team to watch, and they stacked. And I mean stacked NFC North. Next up we have the now 3-5 Indianapolis Colts beating the 1-6 Oakland Raiders 42-28. For the Colts side, Andrew Luck does it again. But hey, he didn't have to pass it for 50 attempts, guys. Only 31 in this game. But he has an awesome day for fantasy. 239 yards and 3 touchdowns in this game. Getting you uh, two, 23 points in fantasy. Again, just looks like he's back to the old Andrew Luck. Slinging it. Looking good. Getting you 20 plus fantasy points. All those Luck owners in Dynasty and Redraft have got to be excited with what they have seen from him this season. Uh, again, just has looked awesome. There's there's nothing else you can say about this guy. he He's back. And he is definitely worth starting every week. He is back to being a top elite quarterback. The big surprise for me in this game was Marlon Mack coming through with 27 points in fantasy. Uh, tore up the the Oakland Raiders again. Uh, let's let's take that though with a little great assault on the Oakland Raiders, but ran all over them. Looked good doing it. 25 rushes, 25 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns again. 27 points in fantasy. Just a huge week yet again for this guy and I think I'm not quite ready to do it, but I might have been wrong on him uh I did not I think that I personally have thought that he is just an average back uh and he has definitely proven me wrong at least up until this point so far in the season after coming back from dealing with the injuries uh, and he has looked very good again. He hasn't played very good teams up until this point, but still it doesn't matter. you play who's on your schedule and you do what you can against them, and he is definitely. Just de- destroying people in the receiving game and the rushing game. Naheem Hines had himself a fairly good game here as well. Rushing the ball 11 times for 78 yards here. Getting you 9 points in fantasy. Again, I love the way that Naheem Hines looked as well. I do think that uh, he could be a very good 2 to Marlon Mack's 1 if Marlon Mack does continue to produce like this all season. Especially in being the receiving option out of that backfield as he is very explosive in that for the receivers here Jack Doyle in his game back I told you guys about him last week uh, that he was worth picking up as he would probably be back and that Eric Ebron may suffer because of it. We'll get to Ebron in a minute. But Jack Doyle gets you six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown again. It has been Andrew luck safety blanket Pretty much his entire career since he's been there with him. Gets you 16 points in fantasy. Eric Ebron, though, does come through for you in fantasy as well with 11 points. As it gets you 37 yards and a touchdown. Which is all that really matters. And that's all that Ebron's been doing all season long is scoring touchdowns. Which worries me a little bit again with Jack Doyle coming back. Um, hopefully, they'll still get a good time shit. Spread- timeshare split, Uh, I do think that Jack Doyle is going to get more more work in between the 20s while Eric Ebron is going to be kind of the red zone threat here, Uh, but definitely something to watch going forward, I do think that Eric Ebron's value could decrease some. T.Y. Hilton here did absolutely nothing. Just one catch for 34 yards. He was just non-existent this whole game, which was crazy to me uh, because this was such a good matchup for him. Last week, he had a horrible matchup, puts up two touchdowns. This week, just the 34 yards, gets you 3.9 points in fantasy. And, of course, Dontrell Inman, who really just got signed off the streets, gets you 52 yards on six catches, eight points in fantasy. And it's just a, I mean, I don't, This is what Don Charles Inman does. He comes in every year to some team. Usually, it it used to be the Los Angeles. They were San Diego now, but the Los Angeles Chargers. He'll get you a couple good games. Everybody will rush to pick him up, and then he's going to do nothing for you the rest of the year. Uh, So I wouldn't worry too much about him if you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, although I do think Chester Rogers has pretty much died in this offense. He has really just done nothing over the past four games. And then, lastly, the only other player to come through for you, although most people probably didn't have him on a roster even know who he was, was Mo Alley-Cox, the tight end who got you 9 points in fantasy as he gets you 26 yards and a touchdown again. Probably nobody's heard of this guy. Not worth picking up. They have Ebron and Doyle. I can't imagine that Cox does anything else going forward, uh, but he did score, so it is worth mentioning he did something. Derek Carr for the Raiders here has himself another good game uh, with uh, 23 points in fantasy, 244 yards in the air, and three touchdowns. Uh, looked good. Again, Indianapolis's defense I think has actually been pretty good most of the year. So to see him kind of come out and play that well, especially after losing Amari Cooper and Marshawn Lynch over these past couple weeks, I thought was uh, really good for him. Hopefully he can continue looking like that going forward as a lot of people ever since his MVP season have been very high on him hoping that he would kind of return to that form. For the running backs, Doug Martin comes through for you in a big way. 13 carries for 72 yards, adds 17 yards in the receiving game. Really did completely take over the Marshawn Lynch role and, and looked good. I was actually kind of surprised. Uh, he went from being probably the muscle hamster to the muscle sloth, as he didn't quite have the speed that he used to. But he is getting older. Again, though, no, I thought he just looked—he looked awesome, guys. He really did look good. I can't—I uh, can't really say anything bad about him. Uh, I think he's definitely, if he's still available, worth a pickup. And I'm sorry, I, Derek Carr, guys, I'm sorry, he got 27 points. I said 24, 27 points in fantasy this week. Uh, but anyways, back to Doug Martin. He, again, looked good. I think if he's still available on your waiver-wise, I would pick him up as I think he's going to take completely take over that Marshawn Lynch role. And I think that, at least from what we saw against Indy, he'll be able to handle it the rest of the season Get you 8 points in fantasy. Jalen Rashard, though, the hurry-up back, is the guy that I said I would rather own last week. I I still hold true to that. Uh, Got you 10 points in fantasy here. Again, 50 yards in the receiving game on 8 catches. And then did, uh, I mean, really nothing in the rushing game, but did get you 14 yards. But he is the guy that I would definitely lean on. As he is going to be the hurry up back, Oakland is likely going to be behind in most be behind in most games, so he's going to get a lot of catches more than likely in the receiving game, trying to come back for the receivers here. Jared Cook returns to being the Jared Cook everybody thought he was not going to be. In all seriousness, this guy's been extremely good with John Gruden there and Derek Carr obviously as his quarterback. Uh, just, he's been a top 10 tight end all year with these two. They've exploited that that it, that weakness, I guess, on every team, just not being, most teams at least, but not being able to cover the tight end. Uh, and they have definitely exploited that. He's come through with 15 points again this week, four catches on 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, we did talk about once Amari Cooper left that he'd be one of the guys. I thought it was going to be him and Jordy Nelson. That got an improved target share. Uh, Jordy Nelson does nothing here for you. He just gets one catch on 14 yards, which I don't understand one bit as he's by far the best option they have in the wide receiving game left. Uh, But the guys that come through for you are Brandon LaFell and Seth Roberts. Brandon LaFell gets you 11 points with thirty-nine yards on three catches and a touchdown, and then Seth Roberts gets you eleven point two points with forty-two yards, two catches, and one touchdown. Again, I would still take Jordy Nelson here. Martavius Bryant didn't even play in this game. I would not you I would not pick him up. Anybody who picked him up open, I think in Martavius Bryant, we can we can call it unfortunately. Say your prayers now. Hail Mary's you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but he's gone. He's no longer with us. He is dead for fantasy. Do not worry about Martavius Bryant anymore. So for this, for me at least, it's just going to be Seth Roberts, Jordy Nelson, and Jared Cook. Not necessarily in that order. I would obviously take Jared Cook first because of the tight end position. Uh, but those are the only three guys I imagine are going to do anything for fantasy going forward on Oakland. Next up, we've got the San Francisco 49ers losing to the Arizona Cardinals 15 to 18 in what was a very very defensive struggled or defensive game. For the 49ers, CJ Bethard here 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he apparently hurt his wrist in this game. Uh, I did not see it happen during the game. I was kind of in and out watching this game and some of the other afternoon games didn't get a chance to watch the the game pass for this game. Uh, but he has been held out of practice yesterday, so I just wanted to touch on that. He, there's a very good chance that he doesn't play this Sunday. And if that's the case, I don't even know where to go With this offense, Uh, I honestly do not know what they're going to be able to do at quarterback. That's something we're going to have to watch. Obviously, I'll discuss on Friday's game with the the game preview stuff, but just something to touch on now if you guys have him, Look for an option on the waiver wire now. I don't know if you'd really be starting him as your quarterback, but you're more than likely going to need someone for Sunday. As for the Cardinals game, they'll get you just 12 points in fantasy, again with 190 yards and a touchdown. For the running backs here, Matt Breida gets you 42 yards in the rushing game uh, on 16 carries. Doesn't do much in the receiving game for you, though. Getting you absolutely nothing. Which is kind of where he thrives, so a little bit surprising. But again, he is still banged up. Uh, I would not expect... I think they really just need to sit him for a week or two, in all honesty. I just, he keeps getting hurt. If they don't allow this guy to rest, he's not going to be able to come back fully healthy again. But just get you four points in fantasy. Nobody in this rushing attack really did anything for fantasy. Alfred Morris, 2.8, as he gets you 28 yards on the ground. And then Raheem Mostert, the guy everybody. Probably ran to the waiver wire to get, thinking he was going to do something, get you just 18 yards. So, again, none of these guys doing anything. All of them struggled. Arizona does have a fairly good defense, though, so maybe that has something to do with it. I just wouldn't trust this offense at all going forward, as especially if Beathard's out, going down to now it would be their third-string quarterback. In the receiving game, I don't even know what to say for these guys here. Um, so, the... Best wide receiver on the day for them was a guy that we do know. And Marquise Goodwin getting you 12 points in fantasies. He gets you the one catch. But he takes it to the house on 55 yards. Again, uh, that's exactly what he is, though. He was an Olympic sprinter. Has amazing speed. uh, Can definitely run by everybody. uh, And all it takes is that one play to make it happen for you. And he made it happen for you this week. So if you started him, you're happy about that. But the guy who got targeted the most here was Kendrick Bourne got you 10 points in fantasy as he got you 71 yards on 7 catches. I don't know if you can trust him going forward if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Obviously they liked him to get 7 targets at least in this game. Could have been a matchup thing again. I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to chance get a chance to watch the game pass on this to see how much he was integrated into this offense. But I'm definitely going to look at some stuff later today. And I'll talk about him probably more on tomorrow's podcast, or at least Fridays, to see if he's somebody worth. Um, if you guys want to pick him up and stash him on the end of the bench, I can't fault you for that. Especially with his way that, the way that he led this team in targets and everything, uh, I just I'm not sure you can trust him on an offense that's probably going to be poor going forward. Uh, And then George Kittle, for the most part, comes through for you in fantasy with eight points in this game as he gets you 57 yards on five catches for the tight end position. For Arizona here, so Josh Rosen uh, has himself a pretty good game here, 252 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Had to lead Arizona back, scores that touchdown at the end of the game Uh, to Christian Kirk, I believe is who it was, which was just awesome. Uh, great to see him kind of thrive in a position like that, especially when he was thrown in at the end of a game in his very first game to try and win it and wasn't able to do it, but comes through in fantasy with 20 points. In the rushing game here, so David Johnson comes through for you yet again, fifty or close to coming through for you yet again, 59 yards in the rushing attack on 16 carries, but adds 41 yards on four catches, so he gets you over 100 yards. That You know, that's for David Johnson at this point at least this year that that's a lot it's good for you again 10 points i know it sucks getting or sorry he came through with 12 points altogether uh for a, a quarter running back one my goodness man i'm sorry guys it's early in the morning for me i'm trying to to get through this and i'm just not speaking correctly here so For your RB1, who is likely drafted in the top 5 of your draft, obviously it sucks to get 12 points from him, but that's better than what he was getting earlier in the year. I think that he is going to continue to look good. Again, they just had the offensive coordinator switch, so let's give him a week and see if they can kind of get him more integrated into the offense. Uh, Johnson did get banged up in this game as well uh, and did get put into concussion protocol, but he was cleared and came back in the game, so that should not be an issue moving into week nine. For the wide receivers here, L. Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry the legend, came through for you in fantasy with 22 yards, and I think he's back, guys. Larry is finally back. We had talked about earlier in the year that he was, at least I felt, was still kind of dealing with the hamstring injury, which slowed him down a little bit. Uh, He looks completely healthy and looks to be a mainstay in this offense. Yet again, 102 yards and one touchdown on eight catches. I think he's definitely trusted. I, I would trust him going forward as being a wide receiver, too, again for the rest of the year. Uh, Christian Kirk comes through for you as well, though, with 42 yards and a touchdown, getting you 11 points in fantasy. Again, uh, good connection with Rosen. Got that touchdown at the end of the game that that helped the Cardinals win it. Um, I, I like Kirk. I don't expect him to come through for you every week, but definitely good to see him kind of producing in his rookie season. I think, obviously, he's a top option here going forward, especially once Larry is gone. The next game, we've got the game of the weekend, at least in my opinion. I thought it was probably one of the best games that happened. The Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, The Packers losing to the Rams here 27-29. For the Packers here, so while Aaron Rodgers had himself a good NFL game against a very good defense, didn't quite do that great in fantasy. 286 yards and a touchdown did get you 15 points in fantasy, of course. Could have had a better day had Ty Montgomery listened to his coaches and just knelt the ball in the end zone instead of trying to bring it out and fumbling it and costing the Packers a chance to win this game. As I think, if you give Aaron Rodgers the ball back with over two points left or two minutes left, and all you got to do is get down into the field goal kicker range, Mason Crosby, although he did struggle in one game this year. Uh, Has been a great kicker throughout his career. I think you give those two guys a chance to win the game. There's about a 90% chance that that happens. For the running backs here. Aaron Jones has himself a... Well, I say breakout game because Mike McCarthy will not free him. Hashtag free Aaron Jones. Comes through with 12 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Again, just continuing to look like the better back here. Gets you 15 points in fantasy. 7.2-yard average, guys. This guy is legit. He's a great running back. I really hope Mike McCarthy wises up and starts using this guy more often as he is just extremely good. Jamal Williams technically comes through for you in fantasy if you started him as he gets you a whopping 9 yards on 4 carries, but did get you the touchdown, uh, so comes through with 6 points in fantasy. For the receivers, in my opinion, it's really come down to 2 guys here. Devontae Adams, who yet again comes through for you in fantasy five catches and 133 yards this is his third game in a row he's gone over 130 yards guys Get you 15 points in fantasy. And then the rookie, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 11 points in fantasy. He gets you two catches on 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rodgers seems to be going to these two guys, obviously, more often than anybody else. A lot of people, again, had uh, high hopes for Geronimo Allison at the beginning of the year. I was not one of them. I actually thought it was going to be ESB. Uh he did get you four points technically in this game with two catches on thirty-one yards, but it's clearly all Adams and, and MS MVS um yeah, I'm sorry, MSV is what we're gonna call him. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh just look they both look good and I think again we've talked about it before. If you're someone that Aaron Rodgers trusts, he's going to go to you early and often. Obviously, Devontae Adams, the clear number one in this offense, and I think uh, MSV is right behind him. For the Rams here, so Jared Goff had himself a fairly decent day. uh, 295 yards and three touchdowns. just just doing a great job again in fantasy. I know he's had a couple, I wouldn't say down weeks, but not great weeks for fantasy. Comes through with 26 points this week. Um I would I again, I've, I think I've said it before, I would trust him going forward as a top 12 option. Especially with as often as this defense is able to turn over the ball and get them the ball, and just the amount of playmakers that they have, and that the, all these guys can score on just one catch. All they got to need is one touch, and some of these guys can score. Especially this next guy, Todd freaking Gurley, man, thirty points in fantasy, a hundred and fourteen yards on the ground for 20, uh, on twenty-five rushes and then in the receiving game, 81 yards on six catches and a touchdown. This dude is just ridiculous, and chances are if you took him... Not chances are. Most, I would say, 95% of people took him as the 1-1 in fantasy, and he is the reason that you guys are likely winning in your leagues. He has just been awesome. It almost doesn't even matter if you just completely bungled the rest of your draft. He's been getting upwards of 30 points every week. It is frustrating as hell. When you play against him, as I did this week, as you would just hope someone can just stop him for one game. Just the game that I play him. That's all I really care about. For the other wide receivers here, obviously Brandon Cooks comes through for you. 74 yards on three catches. Uh, I thought Brandon Cooks looked good in this game. Get you nine points. Robert Woods gets you nine points as well as he gets you 70, catches, 70 yards on five catches. But the guy who came through... And the guy I talked about on Friday as I said that while I thought it would be the week before, I said never mind It's probably this week with the matchup and the Packers defense, Josh Reynolds, who's playing in for Cooper Cup, gets you 17 points in fantasy as he gets you three catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns. The bad news about that for Josh Reynolds is that, well, Sean McVay came out earlier this week and said that uh, Cooper Cup's probably coming back this week. So Josh Reynolds is probably not going to do anything for fantasy, unfortunately, moving forward as we're going to get to see Cooper Cup come back into the fold and probably be that dominant little uh, little um, slot receiver that he was earlier in the year. So hopefully you guys held on to him. Uh, before obviously after the injuries, I'm sure not just myself but everybody talked about it would just be probably a three or four week injury. All right, that breaks everything down for these Sunday afternoon games. Now we've got two games left: the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. The Sunday night game was between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. I think everybody was hoping for a much better game than we ended up getting, as the New Orleans Saints beat the Vikings thirty to twenty. For the Saints side here, Drew Brees. Again, not coming through for you in fantasy. And again, I think I talked about this at the beginning. I think. I know I talked about this at the beginning of the year. Uh, I honestly thought that he was going to be passing the ball more. They really do seem to be relying on the run. I think they're going to moving forward, obviously, just 7 points in fantasy. As they get you 120 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 interception. This is a guy who was a perennial thrower, or threw the ball for 4,000, 5,000 yards every season. And I I imagine he's probably going to get close to that because he is Drew Brees, guys, but they're consistently relying on the run here and they're going to do so with these two guys that they have. Mark Ingram came through for you again, uh, returning kind of after one bad week. Get you 10 points in fantasy as he gets you 63 yards on 13 carries and adds 29 yards in the receiving game. But obviously, the beast in the backfield, the guy that everybody loves, Alvin Kamara. 45 yards and a touchdown, rushing the ball and then add 31 yards on a touchdown in the receiving game. Comes through with 23 points. Uh, you know, what else can you say about this guy? Alvin Kamara is legit. He's going to continue to be legit. Um, and that, that that's really it. That that's who their offense runs through. Now him and can't guard Mike, that is his Twitter handle. Mike Thomas, eighty one yards on five catches. That was really it for New Orleans. Kind of a kind of a s not I want to say a bad game overall, but really just kind of funneled between those two guys. I think that's what this game this team is going to do. You know, throughout the year, and they already have been really, it's going to be funneled through Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas. For the Vikings, Kirk Cousins comes through for you yet again as he has to throw the ball 40 times. I think we, I know we talked about on Friday that they wanted to kind of move away from that, or at least we're hoping to move away from that with their good rushing attack with Dalvin Cook. Well, they haven't really had Dalvin Cook all year. Uh, Kirk Cousins gets you 21 points in fantasy again, 359 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Latavius Murray comes through for you in fantasy. Again, here getting you 56 yards on the ground with one touchdown and adds uh, 39 yards in the air on five catches. Again, just continuing to produce in Dalvin Cook's absence. Gets you 18 points in fantasy. Uh, He's definitely someone you can trust, I think, moving, uh, moving forward. He's someone you can trust until Dalvin Cook gets back, and I think with his play has earned a spot to stay in the starting lineup, but we'll see what happens with that. Once Cook comes back, they keep talking about the fact that Cook could come back after their bye week, which is in still two more weeks. Uh, They have this week, Week 9, and then obviously Week 10 is their bye week. I believe they played Detroit this week, so Latavius Murray is definitely a worthy play yet again. For the wide receivers, so Stephon Diggs is the best wide receiver on the day as he gets you 119 yards on 10 catches and one touchdown. But Adam Thielen does it again, over 100 yards, breaks the record. Good for him. Uh, He's been a stud all year long. Seven catches on 103 yards for one touchdown, gets you 20 points in fantasy. Now, the question is, how long does he take it? He's broken the record now that he was tied with him. It's broken. He owns the record. How many more games can he kill? I hope at least maybe two more or three or four five maybe. Who cares? I want him to to take this record and hold it for as long as possible because I love Adam Thielen. I love the way he plays the game. Obviously, he had a crucial fumble uh, in this game, but you know that happens sometimes when you get the ball as, much, as often as you do. There's going to be mistakes made every once in a while. Uh, Kyle Rudolph uh, gets you 5 points in fantasy, just continuing to kind of do do this right here. 39 yards on 4 catches, he's just not doing much. Again, a lot of that I think is due to the fact that he's really just kind of become a red zone threat. So, and I, as I talked about earlier in the year, I think that's exactly what he is and what he's going to be all year long. Unless he's getting you points in the red zone, he is not going to come through for you in fantasy. And then now we will move into the last game of the Week 8 schedule in the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. So the New England Patriots obviously coming away with a victory here, 25-6. to Didn't look to be a very good game, though, most of the game. Uh, Tom Brady here just getting you, for the Patriots, Tom Brady, getting you just 13 points in fantasy as he comes through with 324 yards, and that's it. No touchdowns. No interceptions, not necessarily struggled in this game, but this whole offense just looked poor. Again, uh, ri- ne- not necessarily a rivalry game, but a division game. Buffalo's defense has obviously played very good since Sean McDermott took over defensive play call, defensive play calling, which we have talked about, um, and he definitely helped kind of keep these guys out of the end zone for as long as possible. James White obviously comes through for you yet again. Uh, pretty much keeping Kenyon Barner on the bench and not allowing him to do anything. However, Corey Daryl Patterson uh, actually led this team in carries with 10 and getting you 38 yards. Uh, I don't expect him to continue doing this probably one more week. I believe there was a report that came out yesterday that said Sony Michelle will likely be back by week 11. So I wouldn't imagine that Cordero Patterson is going to be a uh, running back eligible anytime soon and continue to produce for you. But he did lead the team in carries. James White had eight carries for fifteen yards and a touchdown. And then of course added ten catches and seventy-nine yards here. Just continuing to just be a beast in that backfield for them. Again, twenty points. And as someone who you likely got, you know, around eight. Around uh, in round eight, nine, or ten, and is producing as a high-end RB two, low-end RB one. Julian Edelman comes through for you here. Nine catches on a hundred yards, getting you a hundred and four yards, getting you sixteen points in fantasy again. As someone we've already known. He, he's Tom Brady's guy. He's going to go to him early and often and did so in this game. Josh Gordon, it was reported, might not uh, play much due to a discipline issue. He started the game out there. Uh, didn't get a whole lot, though, just four receptions on 42 yards. Uh, got six points in fantasy. And then Chris Hogan, five points in fantasy here with 49 yards on two catches. Last but not least for the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Five points. Just five points, guys. 43 yards on three catches, and Rob has just not looked right. He did look uh, to kind of aggravate his back in this game. Kind of came limping off, walking weird, holding his back. Does worry me a little bit, obviously, as he struggled with the back injuries the past couple years. Um, I... I haven't heard anything else about it yet, so obviously that'll probably be something we'll have to address on the Friday podcast, but definitely concerning, as most people are expecting him to be right up there as the tight end one or two, and he, at least from what I've seen, I'll, I'll look it up here in a minute, but it's not up there. For the Buffalo Bills side, Derek Anderson does absolutely nothing, but yet again, I can't imagine you were trusting on him. Or trusting him to do so. 10 points in fantasy. So he gets you just 290 yards and an interception. For the running backs here. So LaShawn McCoy. 12 carries on 13 yards. Uh, somewhat to be expected though. As the the Patriots again try to take players away from you. And that's likely what they were trying to do. Uh, did come through for you in the receiving game though. With 6 catches on 82 yards. Get you 12 points in fantasy altogether. So again. You know, not a bad day. Someone who you likely got later in drafts and like the third round due to the off field issues that were going on in the offseason for him. So, again, not a bad day uh, for him to get you 12 points. And then, wide receivers here. um, So, the guy who had the best day for you was Zay Jones, eight points in fantasy, as he got you 55 yards on six catches. And then Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. Benjamin, five points. Andre Holmes, five points. Both those guys really just kind of struggling here. Benjamin, two catches on 45 yards. And same with Andre Holmes, two catches and 45 yards. Anderson uh, did, I believe, get put into concussion protocol. Uh, so he is questionable for this game Sunday. There is a chance that he is likely not going to play, which means that it's going to be Nathan Picks Peterman who obviously came in at the end of this game as well once Anderson got hurt dealing with the concussion. And so that will do it right there for our Week 8 wrap-up stuff. So going into yesterday again, obviously one of the reasons I was trying to push off the... Uh, the podcast yesterday afternoon was because of the NFL trade deadline. I usually record right around 3 o'clock and that was when the d- trade deadline ended. There's always some trades that kind of filter through. At the end though, as paperwork uh, was submitted beforehand, but they haven't had a chance to announce the trades yet. So I was trying to wait to see, all, make sure that I got all the trades going through. So... We will hear what I'm going to do is, and talk about each trade, and then I'll give kind of my opinion on what it means for fantasy, and then uh, and uh, that'll probably be it. Really, I mean, a lot of the some of these trades don't have huge impacts for fantasy. Uh, obviously, some of them do. So we'll go ahead and jump right in here again. I'll give you what went back forth, and I'll give you my dynasty and redraft uh, perspective on it. Alright, so the biggest trade for me was between the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Lions sent Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round pick. Golden Tate has been an explosive slot wide receiver. Again, he's been one of the most consistent wide receivers in the game most people don't really pay attention to. Uh, usually gets anywhere from 90 plus catches to about 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns every year. Going to Philadelphia, I think that he has a chance to continue to do that, obviously. I love this trade for Philly. I know a lot of people look at it and be like, well, they already have so many wide receivers as it is, they do. Uh, but I think Tate immediately moves into that slot role now. So now he's got Alshon Jeffrey on the outside and likely Nelson Aguilar is going to move to the outside, which I think hurts Aguilar a little bit as I think Aguilar is a very good slot wide receiver as well. Uh, So I think, obviously, Golden Tate's value stays neutral or has some slight increase. Again, uh, I think Carson Wentz, obviously, is the better quarterback. That offense altogether is better in Philly, so he probably has better chances to score. Uh, But I I still think that he's at least second in the pecking order here behind Alshon Jeffrey. For the Lions side here, obviously, the third-round pick, dynasty-wise, we'll see what they do with that. Oh, I'm sorry, before I jump on that, for Philly, though, Dynasty-wise, I think this is a huge for-now move for them. This is by far a, hey, we're trying to get back to the Super Bowl and repeat move as Golden Tate is a free agent at the end of this year, so they just paid a third-round pick for a guy who might not stay with them. He could very easily walk in the offseason and go somewhere else. For Detroit now. That really just leaves you Kenny, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Obviously, T.J. Jones will be the next up. I think he does move into the slot there, but I think this really increases Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay's upside. I would lean more Kenny Galladay because uh, I think he's the more explosive threat. But I think obviously with Golden Take gone, that's easily eight to twelve targets a game that are now going to be separated up and gone to mostly these two guys. Obviously, again, TJ Jones will be the next guy up there and he'll get some of those look, but I think this is a huge boost in value in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. The next trade-up we have the Denver Broncos sending Demarius Thomas to the Texans for a fourth-round pick. So, much like Golden Tate on the Texans' side here, Demarius Thomas will be a free agent at the end of the year, so they gave up a fourth-round pick for him. Uh, Again, they just lost Will Fuller. I think it's a great trade for the Texans. It gives you a serious uh, threat on the outside with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, They could lose him, obviously, at the end of the year. We'll see what he does. Demarius Thomas has kind of struggled the past couple years, been kind of sliding down slowly. Um, So I don't know what's going to happen for him dynasty-wise. Uh, We'll see. Obviously, we'll talk about that in the offseason depending on where he signs. But I like the move for him this year, obviously, giving a serious threat on the outside. DeAndre Hopkins is easily the one. Uh, While a lot of people would say, obviously, Sanders has been the one in Denver this year due to his connection with Case Keenum, a lot of people perceive Demarius Thomas to be the one because he's big-bodied. Uh, can go up high point balls. So with having DeAndre Hopkins on the other side, I actually think this could be somewhat of a resurgence for Demarius Thomas now the rest of the season. I could see Thomas putting up points. So for the Texans side here, it's good. For Denver side, I think that releases Cortland Sutton. He's a guy, if he's on your waivers, get him now. He's already shown the flashes the past couple weeks of what he can do. He is now their more he is now their number one outside threat. Again, I know they've got Emmanuel Sanders, and he's good. He's, he's very much a, a very good player, but I don't think quite the downfield burner that Cortland Sutton can be, and he's obviously not as big as Cortland Sutton either. Cortland Court, Sutton has a chance to to break out and be the number one in this Denver Broncos offense moving forward. The next trade-up we have for you guys... In my opinion doesn't do much for fantasy but the Ravens traded a 7th round pick to the Packers for Ty Montgomery again uh the talking about that in the Packers game earlier uh, there was a lot of frustration that came out after that game on the Packers side of the ball as apparently the reports are that Ty Montgomery kind of threw a fit on the sideline cuz he got pulled out of the game earlier than he wanted to come out Uh, Then he had a chance to return that kickoff uh, where after the coaches apparently told him to just kneel it in the end zone. Don't bring it out. He decided to do it anyways. uh, Fumbled the ball and possibly cost the Packers a chance to win it. They end up trading him away. For the Packers side here, I think it's just good news for Aaron Jones. I think he clearly becomes the number one now with Jamal Williams probably still vulturing touchdowns from him. But again, if this increases Aaron Jones' role here, it's only good news because he's by far the best running back on that team. For Baltimore side here, I think that clearly makes Ty Montgomery now the number 2. I know they only gave up a 7th round pick for him, but Javorius Allen has been struggling at worst. If Javorius Allen stays the 2, Ty Montgomery is still going to get work here. So I think that really decreases Javorius Allen and Ty Montgomery's. I guess if you had Ty Montgomery and were playing him, I think that decreases his value as well. For the other trades that went down, I'm just going to talk about what they were as they were just a couple defensive trades. Um, so the Packers uh trade Haha Clinton Dix to the Redskins for a fourth round pick. I thought this was a great move for the Redskins. Their defense has been awesome all year long. Fantasy-wise, I don't think people realize they're a top defense this year. They're in the top five, and now adding Haha Clinton Dix uh on the outside or as a safety In the back there, I think, is just going to shore up a secondary that struggled a little bit. And now adding a guy like him, I think, is going to seriously make this Redskins defense awesome. Again, something that not a lot of people may have talked about. I probably didn't mention it on Monday's podcast. In the past five weeks, they've shut down guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they've been shutting the running game down when they played opponents, and now they're adding some serious players into that secondary. This defense could be seriously scary going forward. And then last but not least, obviously the team that has been just all in for this year, the Los Angeles Rams trade a third-round pick in 2019 and a fifth-round pick in 2020 for the defensive end from the Jaguars' Dante Fowler. Just continuing to improve this defense and this pass rush again. They, they've been all in for this year since the beginning of the season. They've, they've said that, come out, and... A, Pretty much showed that yet again with that move. So that was it for the trade deadline. Obviously, a lot of people hoping that a lot of other players were removed and different stuff happened. You know, Jaguars, they were hoping would go out and get a quarterback, see what the Giants would do. Speaking of the Giants, there was some news there. Obviously, there was a lot of talk that Kyle Laletta may come in and be the quarterback after the bye week for the Giants, which is this week. Uh, he was arrested yesterday for evading officers and almost hitting an officer with his car. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, I don't believe he's going to face jail time. Coach Pat Shermer did come out and say that he will be disciplined. What that means, I don't know, but I would still imagine, since he's not going to jail, that he will still get a shot at being the starting quarterback back here, whether it's next week or, or week 11 or week 10, I'm sorry, because they're bye weeks this week. Week 10 or sometime after that. So that'll do it for me guys here today on Wednesday. Again, I apologize for getting this out so late as technically this was supposed to be for Tuesday. Uh, This will count as my Wednesday podcast as well guys unfortunately. Still having a little bit of technical issues. You might have heard some during the podcast. I do apologize about that. I will definitely be back tomorrow Thursday afternoon with my top 10 players at each position. And then I will have obviously my Thursday night Preview as well. So happy Halloween to everybody. Hope you, if you're going trick or treating, enjoy trick or treating. Taking your kids or whatever you guys are doing, parties, whatever you guys have going on. Hope you guys have a happy Halloween and a great day. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace. Prepare for glory. I do know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like the wolves ready. It is hit the upside. For an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die. Only Oh, they tackle him in the line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>